last Sunday, those of you that were here, we dealt, we, we, we looked into a story that was meant to encourage us. The reason was information had come to us and we have also witnessed in our spirit that there are a lot of us who are going through tough times and people are struggling and because of what they are going through, a number of us have been discouraged and it's like we have entered into a mood of discouragement. And uh, our responsibilities uh, is to encourage each other. It is to address the needs of the people so that they can be encouraged. That's why we come to church. That's why we come to fellowship with each other. Otherwise, we could have stayed home. And of course, you know, if you stay home when you're alone, uh, you get a lot of discouragement. You, the enemies start talking to you. And when you listen to what the enemy is telling you, he gives you facts. You know, he tells you, look, your business last year was doing this. Look at where you are this year. You are actually sinking. You know, he tells and that's a fact. And when you look at the numbers, indeed, the devil is using the numbers and he is speaking facts. You know, then he looks at you and tells you, you've been praying for these children, for the Lord to change them. But look at what is happening. They are becoming worse and worse and worse. The report you get from college, the report you get from school, things are becoming tougher and tougher. They are not improving. And the devil tells you, is, not, is that not a fact? And you say, yes, it's a fact. And you sink more into discouragement. And the list continues and continues and continues. You know, he tells you, you are expecting to get married this year by this time. In fact, even a, a prophetic word was given over your life that you are going to get married. And look, nobody has even approached you. Even those that used to send some text messages, they have actually stopped sending text messages. Is this not a fact? And what happens, you think, yes, thank you. Ashindwe. There is someone who has said, who has realized, it's a fact, yes, but it's a lie of the devil. He uses facts even to lie to us. Why do I say he is using facts to lie to us? Because the way we see things is not the way the world sees them. Amen? I can be in trouble today. And indeed, when you look at me, I'm in trouble. And I look like I am finished and I'm sinking. But it is at that time that I will lift up my hands and say, I know my God liveth. And I know he will not disappoint me. I will come out of this. You can laugh at me and say, but we can see how terrible things are on you. Yes, you can. But God is not like you. He does not think the way you think he does not see things the way you see them. He sees them differently. And he keeps his promise. We encouraged ourselves on Sunday through the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Jonathan was a son of a king. They have gone for battle. The enemy has threatened them. And the enemy has outnumbered them. And we are told 
that in the whole of Israel, there were only two weapons of war. Because all the other weapons had been taken away by their enemies. And one was with Jonathan, and the other one was with who? Saul the king. But even with those two weapons, what can you do to a Philistine army of three, not 3,000 actually, it is said they were numerous. Because Israel had gathered 3,000, but when the Israelites heard that they have gathered 3,000, they gathered numerous. It is said that their chariots of war were 3,000 with 6,000 riders. You can imagine then the foot soldiers, there were how many? And the Bible calls them, they said, they were numerous. And when the Israelites saw them, they melted with fear. And it is said, they disappeared into caves to hide. The army disappeared into caves together with the residents. They moved out of their houses to go into caves. And even the army that was 3,000, Saul and was left with only 600 men. In other words, 2,400 soldiers took off to the caves. And it is also said that some of them, to save their lives, they joined the Philistines. Can you imagine? Now they want to fight against their own brothers to save their lives. That's the situation that was there then. Very discouraging, isn't it? But we were told by the scriptures, that Jonathan, together with Amabeara, he spoke to his Amabeara and said, we should go over to those guys over there. He meant the Philistine soldiers. But between them, we are told there were, two, there, were, there were two rocks. And there were tough rocks because one was very slippery, the other one was, was full of thorns. And to go to the other side, you had to climb over those rocks. But Jonathan, encouraged himself and told the armor bearer, we should go. And the armor bearer said, yes, because I am with you, heart and soul. In other words, I'm with you. Although the guy didn't even have a weapon. What you need sometimes is not a weapon. It's somebody to start with you and tell you, I am with you, heart and soul. In other words, whatever you are going through, there is somebody who holds your hands and walks with you. You are not alone. And that's why we come to church. That's why we belong to a fellowship. That's why we belong. Amen? We have people that we can call upon when we need them. When things are tough, there is somebody you can cry to. Because the way we are created as human beings, we are created always to walk with someone. Always to receive some encouragement from somebody. So don't be a loner. Ensure that you belong to a fellowship. You are people that you can, you can call upon. Some of us like staying alone. No, you are not being wise. You will be overcome by the enemy when you are alone. Jonathan was encouraged. And you know the story. Those of you that are here. At the end of, the, at the end of it, Jonathan and the armor bearer went to the camp of the Philistine. By the time they got there, there was so much noise 
Because the earth was trembling. And the Philistines took off. They left. They were running for their lives. Because what God did, he caused the earth to quake. And the Philistines thought that these guys who are coming, though I don't know whether they, they, they saw what they were only two, but they could not be able to withstand them. Do you know there are times that God will multiply your steps, apostle? Yeah? Small, young, looking as you are, feeble as you are, but with the Lord. Our sister said, when they come one, they will go, they will spread seven times. And the Bible says that one can chase what? A thousand. What about two? Ten thousand. Can you see God's mathematics? If one can chase a thousand, when there are two, he says, they will chase ten thousand, not two thousand. That's God's mathematics. I want to encourage you today. Don't be discouraged. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. And you will fight this battle for you. Praise God. And today, what I wanted to tell you is that there is an open door. Amen? Yes, the circumstances you find yourself in, they are tough. Things are not working. It is true. The economy is bad. But the Lord will say to us, I have an open door for you. There is an open door. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 9. Look at it. It starts, For a great and effective door has opened to me. That's Paul. He's saying, For a great and what? Effective door has opened to me. There's a comma. We haven't finished. But let's look at that. Because that's very positive, isn't it? That statement is positive. That statement is encouraging. There is a great and effective door that has opened for Paul. But today it is not for Paul. Because the scriptures, they were written so that when we read them, they can also speak to us. They were meant to speak to us. That's why Paul wrote. Because Paul is gone. But today, the Lord would say to you, and I'd like you to concede, to, to also agree with him, that ahead of you, in this life, in this season, that doesn't look very promising. In these difficult times when everybody is crying. And some people even looking for visas to run away. To escape the problems that are there. The Lord will still say to you, but for you, there is a great and effective, because that word again, it is not just great, because it may be great, but it is not effective. You understand that? 
but it is great and he says it is effective in other word it shall work for you it shall work for you for everybody else they may not see it but the lord would say to us the arrest a great and an effective door for us in this season. I believe that's what the Lord wants us to hear today. The arrest a great and effective door that is open. That door is already open. But there is a distance to the door. And there are Many adversaries. There are many enemies. That's not very exciting, isn't it? How can there be a great and effective door? And then I'm told there are enemies. There are adversaries. That is our journey. Amen? For those of us whose currency is faith. Hallelujah. For those of us who do not depend on what we see with our own eyes. For those of us who understand that the weapons of our warfare are not canoe. They are not machetes. They are not guns. They are not missiles. But they are what? Mighty before God. To pull down what? Strongholds. Hallelujah. Those of us who understand that, we encourage ourselves even when you are holding a letter of layoff, you know? They have decided to terminate your services because they cannot be able to sustain you. Even when you are holding that letter, you can still say, even with this, I still know that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Because my God does not depend on the pay slip. He, de he doesn't depend on my bank account. He depends on himself. Amen? And he is everything and all things to me. Therefore, I will encourage myself in the Lord. That this battle, I can win. Yes, there are adversaries. There are enemies in between the door that is open and myself. But I must go through that door. So I'm not going to give up. I will press through. Amen? Thank you, my sister, for encouraging me. I will press through in the name of Jesus. I will not use my weapons because I have none. I am like Jonathan and his father Saul. I have only one weapon. But I also know I have a God. And I'm a Jew. And those are Philistines. And they are uncircumcised. And they don't worship the same God I worship. How can we be the same? There may be many in number, but I have God with me. And with God, I can do all things. It is faith that will enable you 
to survive, to operate, and prosper even in a dry season. It's not your brother who is working for the Ministry of Commerce and Trade. Thank God you have one. Yeah? But even your brother can disappoint you. And many have been disappointed by their own relatives. It's not your friend who has been appointed managing director of KP, KPC, Kenya Pipeline. And now you think, okay, now all the tedders. By the time you get to him, he'll tell you, Kenoti is watching. You've got, to, you've got to go through the process. If you qualify, yes, but don't count on me. I'm not interfering. Things have changed. This is a time that you need God to trust in him and not people. Time will not allow me, but allow me to just speak on another story. I like stories from the Bible. There's a story of a guy called Mordecai. How many of you know Mordecai? At least half of you. Some of you have never heard. <laughs> Even the name doesn't sound no more. Mordecai. There's a book called Esther, the book of Esther. How many of you have ever heard about, about the book of Esther? At least 80% of you have heard. There's a book called the Esther in the, in the Bible. In that book, because time will not allow me, but I would encourage you to read the story of Esther. And especially if you've been going through tough times, if you've been discouraged and things are not working for you, when you read this story, you will see and you will understand that you can survive, you can thrive through adversaries. And you can deal with your enemies, not on your own, but by trusting God. Because why did I pick on Mordecai? I picked on Mordecai. Mordecai is a foreigner. He is a captive. He is a Jew. He is working at the gate as a guard. Praise God. You know the story, isn't it? Those of you. You know? And there is a gentleman called Haman. The sad thing is that Haman got promoted after Mordecai discovered a plot to kill the king and he reported to the queen who happened to be Queen Esther, who was Mordecai's cousin. And you know, for Esther to become a queen, there was a queen called Fashit who had to be dethroned because she disobeyed the king. To pave way for a Hebrew girl to become a queen. Praise God. I want you to see how God operates. When there is an open door for you and there are many adversaries, the Lord will deal with adversaries so that you can get to the door. I picked on Mordecai because Mordecai has a door that is already open for him. But there are very many adversaries against him. But God is working behind the scene. He has already worked. The first step is to ensure that he has Esther, Esther who is a cousin to Mordecai, won the king's contest. Because for you to become a queen, there was a contest. There was to be a contest. Chosen among many girls who are virgin. And this girl 
called Esther won the contest. And she happened to be Mordecai's cousin. And Mordecai is the one who was staying with her because her father, who was an uncle to Mordecai, had died. And Mordecai adopted her as his child. Praise God. Those of you that are staying with some relatives that are yours, please do not despise them. They may be looking very weak, you know, with tattered clothes, and like they have no hope, but there is something in them. There's a beauty that God will use later in life to endear them to become great. And you who has taken care of them, they will be used to elevate you. The story goes, Haman, no, not Haman, Mordecai discovers a plot in the palace. Two guards, something happened to them and they were very unhappy with the king and they purposed to kill the king. But Mordecai got to know it. Remember, Mordecai is a guard at the door. He is not even an insider. So he reports the matter to the queen who is Esther. And Queen Esther reports the matter to the king and she doesn't take credit. She tells the king there is a man called Mordecai who discovered this. But she never disclosed her relationship with Mordecai. Because all through Mordecai had told her, do not disclose. Esther reports to the king but gives credit to Mordecai. A good lesson to learn. Give credit to whom credit is due. Don't take... Esther would have said, I've discovered this. No, no, no. She said, this is Mordecai who discovered. Investigations was done because that's a very serious allegation. You cannot claim that the king is in danger and there are people plotting to kill him. And then that matter is just taken. Now, before it is believed investigations are done. And it is said after the investigations were done, it was confirmed there was a plot. And these two guys were actually hanged. And the matter was recorded in the chronicles. You know? Chronicles are books of history. It, entries were, you know, in their, in their OBs that, those days. And Mordecai continued to serve on, at the gate. But what does it tell you? If you read chapter 3, it says, after this, it says, after this, Haman was made in charge of the king's, you know, officers. And in other words, Haman was promoted to take care of the king's security. But the guy who reported the matter, nothing was done to him. He continued to serve. But remember, I told you there's an open door for Mordecai, not for Haman. But before he gets there, there are adversaries. They are enemies. And you can see them. They have started. Haman is one of them. Now, when Haman was promoted, it is recorded that all, everybody, all the guards of the palace, as he was passing, they would bow. Of course, he has the power. And you want favor, so you bow. But when he got to Mordecai, Mordecai would not bow an inch. And this did not augur well. And the other guards noted. And they went to Haman and said, how come this fellow is not bowing? Are you aware that when you pass, he does? 
And Mordecai, I mean, Haman went again, passed through, and he, indeed he noticed. And the Bible says he was filled with wrath and rage, and he purposed to kill Mordecai. But not just Mordecai. He decided he is going to eliminate all the Jews that were within the kingdom of King Ahasuerus. But to do that, he needed king's permission. So it is recorded. He went to the king and lied to the king. King, there are a certain people in your, in your kingdom. This, this is what he says. In verse, I think this is chapter 4, five, no, 5, verse 8. Then Haman said to the king, Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered, scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of every other people and they do not keep the king's laws so that it is not to the king's profit to tolerate them. See the incitement. If it pleases the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who have, who have charge of the king's business that they may be put into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the Agagite, the son of a very funny name even, the enemy of the Jews, and the king said to Haman, the money is given to you, the people also, to do with them as it seems good to you. And a decree was written. And letters distributed to all the provinces that on a certain date, every Hebrew within that kingdom will be killed. I want you to see how God operates. The story reaches Mordecai. Mordecai the Bible tells us he removes his clothes and he put on sackcloths and he went to the streets where everybody can see him and they knew something is not right. Mordecai was mourning not just for his life but the life for the, for the Jews because a decree has already been made and it cannot be reversed. It's not like today when a president, the president, a bill is passed in parliament and he gets to the president's desk, he assents to it as law. The following day, Omtata goes to court and the bill is, over, is overturned and it ceases to be a law. It was not like then, those days. Pray that we never get those kings back. Because should they come, that's the time you realize a king has power. Although sometimes I almost ask, I think that there should be more power to the king. Because sometimes it's a shame when small people like, sorry, Omtatas, challenge the wisdom of a head of state. And the courts, our courts, unfortunately, hides behind the constitution and overturns what the president has said. Thank God I was never, I was never made a judge. Because I, I think things would be different. How dare you overturn the president, the king, who has a sword? Anyway, we are living in, the, in a different dispensation. 
Now the fact here is, you could not dare do that. This cannot be overturned. But Mordecai believes in God. The first step he took is to remove his clothes, put on sackcloth, and start fasting. Even before Esther started the fasting, Mordecai had already started. And he sent, and when the word reached Esther, where Mordecai is, and how he is dressed, Esther was ashamed because she didn't know the story. So she calls for Mordecai to be brought, and Mordecai refuses and says, go and tell her. This is what has happened. And let her not think that because she is in the Paris, she will be spared when the rest of us are being killed, if she does nothing. Tell her to plead with the king so that this matter can be overturned. And Esther says, please, how do I do this? You know the laws of the Lord. That even the queen cannot appear before the king without the king's invitation. That's how serious it was, Baba Moy. That even your own wife cannot come to you directly. He has, she has to wait. Because there's a law that says anyone who appears before the king without the king's invitation will die. So I said, how do I go to the king? And for 30 days, I have not... The king has not beckoned me to go to his chamber. How do I? And then Mordecai tells her, anyway, the choice is yours. And who knows, you may be in the palace at a time like this. So that you can, but anyway, even if you don't do it, don't think that you, you'll be spared. Esther got the message and said, tell him to call a fast. Three days. Pray and fast for me. Now I said, pray and fast for me. And I will also organize my maids and those that are in the Paris. For those three days and nights, we are not going to eat. You know, if, if you have heard of Esther, fast, that's where it came from. The three days of dry fast. Because the matter was not simple. Remember, there's an open door. But the adversaries. To deal with the adversaries, it calls for wisdom. It calls for boldness. There are times that we have to abandon what we are doing because our lives are in danger. Although there is an open door, there is a blockage. And Esther calls for prayers. And the rest of the, the story you know. She appears before the, the king, and the king beckons her with a scepter and said, Come on, Esther, what is it? What can I do for you? What do you want? Yeah, say it, even if it's half of my kingdom. Can you see the favor of the Lord? She's even being told, even if it is half of the kingdom, one who, could, who was fearing to appear before the king, because the Lord demands that if you dare, you die. Now, instead of, instead of dying, Things have turned. Praise God. Half of the kingdom is now yours. I told the people in the first service, if it were you, and I believe even this service now, if you are, you are the one being offered half of the kingdom, you would have forgotten what had taken you there. That they are, they are lives who are in danger. And convince yourself that if I get half of the kingdom, 
uh, I will spare myself. I will carry Mordecai to the half of the kingdom. And half of the Jews in the, my kingdom at least will be spared. You, you can make those arguments. But this was a woman of God. She did not ask for half of the kingdom. And she calls for a banquet. She said, the king, all that I want is you and Haman to come tonight for dinner. I just want to prepare dinner for you. But come with your prime minister. And the king ordered for the prime minister, Haman, to be summoned. And Haman, when he was told, he was excited. He goes for this dinner. They have a meal. And the king, after the meal, asked Esther. Again, Esther, what is it? Name it. Is it half of, half of the kingdom? I'll give it to you. And the lady is wise. doesn't say anything. There's times that you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't just say, give your needs all the time, even when an opportunity is there. Ask, is this the time, Lord? And I believe when she consorted, the Lord must have said, hold on, another day for dinner. He said, no, king, if I have found favor in you, could you please, you and Haman, come again for another meal tomorrow in my house? Wow. And the king is happy. But the Bible records that that night, when the king went back to the, to the palace, he did not sleep. The Bible says, on that night, chapter 6, the king could not sleep. And he gave orders to bring the book of Memoladam, deeds and chron the chronicles, and they were read before the king. You know that time when you lose sleep and you're looking for, for things that can help you sleep. The king was not asking for these books because he wanted to find out anything. God made sure that he cannot sleep. So he was disturbed. And when he is disturbed, he remembered, I can, do, I can read some books. Just get me some historical records. Let me just, peradventure, maybe I'll get some sleep. And in the process, it was found, written how Mordecai had told about Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuch who guarded the threshold and who had sought to lay hands on the king. And the king said, now he discovered there was a plot. And this guy, Mordecai, it was written, he's the one who discovered. And now the king asked, what honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? Please don't forget that. What honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this, what he did. And the record that he was told, nothing has been done for him. All this year, the guy is still a watchman. And he saved the life of the king. Now, and the king, it doesn't add there. The king asked, and who is in the court? Which officer is there? Please note how God plans things. Now Haman had just entered the outer court. Remember who is Haman? The guy who wants to kill Mordecai. He has even prepared a, a garrow 50 feet to hang him. The, king, the Haman 
had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. That was his mission. And the king's young men told him, Haman is there standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in. And the king said to him, what should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? The king wants to honor somebody. The king delights to honor somebody. He has now his prime minister next to him. He is asking him, what should be done to the man the king delights to honor? The Bible records. And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delights to, to honor, continue, let a loyal robe be brought which the king has worn and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a loyal cast crest on his head. Do you know why he said this? Because he asked himself, who else in this kingdom, apart from number two, whom the king would want to honor? Who else? Me. And if it is me then, I am going for the best. <laughs> Praise God. Now I told you something. There is an open door for Haman. Not Haman. For Mordecai. But there are very many adversaries. And the adversaries are already out. To stop him from ascending. From getting to this door. But God will not allow him to get there. He will not. The story is very interesting and time will not allow me to, to finish. But when he said that, he was told, call Mordecai. Do what you have just said to Mordecai. And parade him to the, into the streets as you desired. And go shouting. This is how the man that the king delights to honor should be treated. But the Bible says that was done. And Mordecai went back to the gate. You would expect Mordecai, after that honor, wearing the king's robe and the, the helmet, riding on the king's horse, after that to be promoted at least to head the, 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 the guards of the palace. But the Bible says he went back to the gate. And Haman was dying inside. He was dying inside. And it said he went back. Praise God. When the Lord wants to bless you, nothing will start on the way. He will create it. The story goes, when they went for the second dinner, Queen Esther disclosed to the king the plot, and she cried. And the king said, who is it that is about want to do this? And the king, because he was annoyed, he said, it's this guy. King, the king, the Bible says the king went out to the garden because he was so annoyed. 
And Haman went, fell down to, to Esther's feet to plead for mercy. I want you to see how God works. When the kings come back, he thought Haman wanted to rape the queen. He said, he, he even want to take her in front of, a, of me. And that was the stroke. And the next thing, Haman, you know, was hanged. And even before he was hanged, the, the soldiers that were there, they said, and he has actually prepared Agaro to hang Mordecai today. He was going to hang him on that garo itself. Praise God. I told you, there's an open door for you. There are adversaries on the way. But be smart. Trust the Lord God. Your currency is faith. Get into serious prayers to deal with that issue. Don't just underestimate the Haman's ability. He has the capacity to organize things to eliminate you. But if you know your rights and that you are a child of God, engage God through prayer. Do not assume that because you are a Jew, things will just work for you without prayers. There are times that we are called to get, to get into another gear. And this is the season when things are this tough. Brethren, let us get into prayers. It's not in vain that we have been praying for those, for those five weeks. We are now entering the sixth week. And I ask men, I admonish you, men, please let's take this seriously. Let's pray this week like we've never prayed. If you did not join us the last time, please, this week, and you are a man, let us pray. Let us intercede. Let us call upon the name of the Lord. Who knows? Maybe we are here at a time like this to change the economy, to change the politics of this nation, to change the situation. And you know what? When things change, God will always remember the people who invested. Mordecai may have been forgotten, but God had not forgotten him. He was rewarded. The Bible says Haman was kicked off. His estate was given to Esther. Esther gave it to Mordecai. Mordecai was, was given the ring, the same ring that uh, Haman was given by the queen. The king took it and gave it to Mordecai. Mordecai became number two. And because of that, the decree that was decreed was reversed. Because now Esther did not ask for half of the kingdom. She said, this is what I want. Reverse what has been decreed. And she was told, call Mordecai. Do as you like in the king's name. Write it in the king's name. And they wrote. Yeah? And they were very smart. They wrote it such that on that particular day when the Jews were supposed to be killed, there is another decree that has come out. That the Jews, with the authority and the power and the presence of the king, have the right to capture all their enemies and deal with them. And that's what happened. Those that were supposed to be killed are the ones who killed their enemies. The rest is history. We need to thank God. We are living in a tough time. Yes. We are living in bad days. Yes. But there is a door that is open. Amen? And that door is great. And that door is effective. And that door, before we get there, there are adversaries. But I want to encourage you, none of those adversaries 
is equal to what you have and who you are. If Haman went down, who cannot go down? You know, I like what, uh, there's, a, there's a part of that story. There's, a, a, there's a, a scripture, after Haman, you know, after the, the humiliation he suffered, it is said he went back. After Mordecai returned to the gate, and Haman, Haman it is told, and Haman told his wife, he went to his wife, Shalesh, and told all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then, Listen to this. Verse 13 of chapter 5. This is what it says. Then his wise men and his wife, Selesh, said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. Can you imagine your wife telling you that? You would expect her to encourage you. But she tells you, no, 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 my friend, my husband. If this man is a Jew, whom you have started to fall, please let it be known to you that you will surely fall. And that is what happened. The verdict has been made in heaven to overturn the one that was made on earth. You have the capacity to revoke what the enemy has spoken over your life. Some of you, there are things that have been spoken over your life that works against you. There are things that you are told when you are growing up that you will amount to nothing. This is the day to reverse that. Amen? Because things have changed. You are a Jew. When I mean you are, you are, you are a Jew because you are a descendant of Abraham through Christ Jesus. Therefore, you qualify to be defended by God when your enemy starts against you. So there are things you can reverse. And before we go, I want to ask you, is there something that has been spoken over your life that is working against you? By human beings, by witches, by the devil, by governments, by teachers in school who told you because you failed mathematics, you will never become anything. And you believe that. And up to today, you've never become anything apart from being in church today. At least you are something. You are in church today. And that's all that you need because that will change everything else. Praise God. I want you to stand on your feet. Esther, refast. The king's decree. Through prayers, hallelujah. Through prayers, you can reverse every decree. And I dare you, dare God. Now, believe. What is it? Mention it. Reverse it now. You have the right to reverse it. Mention that issue, that matter to the Lord. Father in heaven, your children have heard me, Lord. I have spoken your word to them to encourage them, Lord. Before them, there is an open door. And that door is great and effective. But there are adversaries. There are decrees that have been made to stop them from ascending to their position. But today, in the name of your son, Jesus, they have raised that matter before you. And as your servant, O oh Lord, I agree together with them 
They have the power to reverse every decree that has been spoken against them. And write another one that speaks on their behalf. Those who are meant to amount to nothing, they are something in you, King of glory. Father who art in heaven, your word says, no weapon fashioned against us that shall prosper. And Lord, if there are weapons that have been fashioned against any one of us today, I decree that weapon shall not prosper. Your word has said, and every word spoken against us in judgment, we shall condemn. And Lord, right now, every word spoken against anyone of this one here, I condemn it and reverse it to the cedar. Let it go back to the cedar and work against the cedar. And today, our Father, as you have promised, we now believe that the door that you have opened cannot be shut because you are the one who has opened it. We will walk through the adversaries and ascend to our position in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. God bless you. Please be encouraged and take that word seriously. It is your word. It's meant to work for you. Amen.